to see you here in the house of God. Let me get set up here. Thank you. So we've got a few decorations around the place already. Who's looking forward to Christmas? Well, we've got a bit of a competition here. This is the full side. I'll preach over that side this morning. Need to balance out the, the building a little bit. So you guys can go. I think, yeah. See you later. Get out of here. Get out of here. Well, that was a bit abrupt, wasn't it? The mean pastor. Well, this week, I, uh, Paul and I had the privilege of uh, attending the high school for a presentation, and we started an initiative, I guess, with, within the high school to uh, award some presentations from One Heart, and I think that's really, really good to be part of and uh, to see um, the, the recipients of our Brave Award uh, just so uh, excited to receive an award. So it's not an academic award, it's not a, an award for uh, sporting achievement or anything like that, but it's about people who have persevered through hardship and have stuck through the year and um, have uh, succeeded. So we, we think that's a really good thing to sort of sow into. So as a church, we want to be able to do things like that and be part of the community and put faith into people who, in every other way, uh, don't seem to get recognition. So I think that's a really good thing. So that was, that was on Friday. That was really good. Um, this week we've had a lot of birthdays. Um, they're probably all away because they're tired. Like John Fraser is probably tired. He's 50 now. I'm allowed to tell you that. He's 50 years old. Uh, Pastor Kylie she had a birthday. She's, she, I can't tell you her age. Uh, but she's in Tumby Bay this morning, so she's... Um, gone up there with Sandra Curry and they're, they're preaching and doing communion and all that at, at Tumby Bay, so that's really good. Uh, Sharon Wong, it's her, her birthday today and she's so young she can still have a birthday and come to church. It's awesome to see you here today. <clears throat> also, just a, another thing is uh, uh, BJ and Jeff are off to the prison this afternoon to do prison church. So I want to just tell you, pray for the church because God is opening up so many amazing things and we're able to do so much. Because um, I do remember, it, not in the so distant past, where if we just had one other thing, it was enough to sort of alter everything. So we couldn't do church and something else. It was too hard. But it's not like that anymore. So I'm really pleased about that. So we've got uh, so many good things. Uh, I've got a few other things here. Uh, I'm really excited about January. We have our prayer and fasting coming up in January. I want to really encourage you to think about joining in on that time we're going to come together every night of, of that week there's a poster that has all the dates and that but every night that that week we're going to come together to pray for one hour uh, the church is open from nine till three each day for people to come in as you have time to, to pray and to seek God and then on the Friday night we have a big service uh, where I know that God sets some direction and sets some patterns for the rest of the year and the, the whole thing about fasting is some people get this all sort of a bit funny and they think, well, I've, I've fasted and I've, I've, I've not eaten for, for a day or so. And now God has to answer my prayer. No, that's not why you fast. That's getting it all totally wrong. What fasting does, it helps you hear what God's saying. So, so it, it tunes your spirit into something that you can't otherwise hear. So that's what it's all about. So it helps us to hear God better. Uh, you know, some people think, I fasted and I, and I was praying and, and God didn't do what, he, what I was asking him to he doesn't have to it's it's that's called blackmail and and when someone's bigger than you blackmail doesn't normally work they they just say so what 
so, so that, that's, hopefully that answers some questions about why we do that. But I'm, I'm really excited for what God's doing next year. Um, we're probably more prepared now this, you know, for next year than we ever have been you know, since I've been here at least. So I know we've got some uh, fantastic things planned for the, for the new year and for next year. And I just can't wait to get into what God wants to do with us. So um, we've got our, my first slide up, please. This morning I want us to continue on um, the subject of growing. And of course this theme came to me at, at the start of this year through our prayer and fasting time. And I didn't think we would get to part 16. I didn't think we'd get past part 2. But uh, we're now looking at growing part 16 and growing in the word part 2 because I did part 1 a couple of weeks ago. But um, growing in the word, uh, what I spoke about the, the other day, part 1, uh, if you were here, you remember I spoke about post-truth. And that's the, the modern interpretation of life where the truth is whatever we want to make it. So post-truth means whatever truth is to you, then that's the truth. So if I say that, I, that I'm a 19-year-old girl, then that's the truth to me. And you all think, you're deluded. But apparently you're not allowed to say that to me because I'll be offended and I'll take you to court. But that's the post-truth world in which we live in. But Jesus made a clear definition about himself and about spiritual things. He said uh, that he is the truth and, and he is the life and he is the way. And that, that's a, an anchor point that Jesus has given us uh, as believers. John 14.6, if you want to make reference to that. But when we have Jesus as part of our, our life, part of our uh, culture, I guess, in a, in a sense of a better word, our personal culture, we can know the difference between what good and evil is. Because in a post-truth world, there's a blur between what's good and evil. And actually what we do find today is that people view what we would say is righteousness as being evil. And as the world progresses down this kind of a pathway, we'll find that it is more and more dangerous to stand up for what we know as believers. So that's just where we're living. So we live at a time where good is seen as evil and evil is seen as good. So today I want to focus on knowing Jesus and his word and making an anchor point for living that empowers life, that empowers your life. Um, so I'm going to use this term a little bit as we go through, being spiritually aware. Just tell someone to be spiritually aware. Because modern culture, modern world culture or Western culture, whatever we want to describe it as, isn't really given much to spiritual awareness. There are other cultures around the world who, you know, we would say, well, they're very, they're very spiritually aware. Maybe not spiritually aware of God or aware of the Holy Spirit, but they're aware of spiritual things or the spiritual world. The Western world or what we sort of are familiar with isn't really all that uh, connected in that way or aware of that. So when we think of that, our reactions and our decisions are dictated by our circumstances around us rather than what we think is happening in a spiritual level. But as believers in Jesus Christ, we need to have a spirituality about us, an awareness that what we see and feel and touch and know and things that happen around us do have a spiritual connection. And we are spiritual beings, but we live in bodies. But we need, to, we need to, to know how to live in a body but be a spiritual person. 
So I want to encourage you along that way this morning. So I'm going to give you the hit of the day. Who's ready for the hit of the day? Living in the presence of God, spiritual awareness, is not about our feelings, it's about our believing. It's what we believe, not what we feel. So we can, we can sometimes be trying to be a spiritual person, but we're living at the level of what our feelings tell us. But sometimes, uh, well, all the time, I think, is, is we need to be living, believing, not living by feeling. So when it comes to making life decisions, being spiritually aware, we need more than a scale of good points or bad points. So I was advised at one time in my life, uh, considering a major life change, um, to weigh up, you know, I went, went to my pastor and said, look, this is, this is what's happening and, and I'm, I had no idea, never came to a crossroad like that before. So um, it was probably a good place to be living where you never had to make a big decision. But I was at this place of a crossroad in life. I didn't know. So a good place to, to go to is someone who has some sort, form of spiritual authority in your life. And I went to my pastor. And at the time, he said to me, well, what you need to do is make a list and, and put on one side all the things that are positive about it. And on the other side, put all the things that are negative and just weigh it up which way is which. <clears throat> but sounded like wisdom at the time. But it wasn't that helpful. And I don't think that idea is that helpful if we want to live with spiritual awareness. Those kind of scales don't add up. And so that didn't really work out for me, that thing. But it could, could be helpful in some cases. But when it comes to hearing God's direction and being in his purpose and call, rarely does it stack up like that. It's not a list of, well, what, what's, what, what's going to be good? What's the benefits for me? And you know what? I'd made a partial decision on that by that scale and you know all those things that i thought were, were were the pluses didn't happen they could have thrown that that thing right out because none of those things that I, I thought there's going to be you know ministry development and there's going to be this and going to be that and none of it happened it was like it was the, the opposite happened so we can't we can't you know live a spiritual life trying to apply these kind of things that that uh, make sense just in our natural perspectives. So hearing God's direction is being, uh, and being in his purpose and call, um, we need to find another way of discovering or discerning what God's saying. So the most important skill every believer needs to grow and develop, and I want you to grow and develop spiritually in 2016. You've only got about three or four weeks left to do it, but hopefully you're going to make it. The most important skill every believer needs to grow and develop is knowing how to get the Word of God into life decisions. And that is the most important thing that you'll be able to use every day of your life for as long as you live, is to know how to bring the Word of God into your life decisions. Because sometimes you will be in a place where you don't have time to go and see the pastor. You don't have time to go and see Jimmy. You don't have time to go and talk to your friends and you're going to have a, a window or a small uh, space of opportunity and you're going to have to know what is God telling me to do in this situation. And sometimes distractions can be dressed up like opportunities. Sometimes distractions are dressed up like this must be the will of God, but it takes you off from the will of God. It's something that distracts you away from what you ought to have always been doing, but you think, well, that looks so good. It seems so right. It felt so amazing, 
but it can just lead you down a path of deception and error. So God's word about everything in this life has already been spoken. Now that's a big statement, but I think it's true. God's word about everything in this life has already been spoken. So I just use a reference point here. The last word that Jesus spoke upon the cross was, it is finished. John 19 verse 30 tells us that. But without getting too deep here, I think I've got that. Oh, it is. Did someone do that for me? I'll leave that there. Without getting too deep here, God's word has already been spoken over your life. God's word has already been spoken over your life. We don't have to wait for a new word. Just find one already spoken and believe it. And you're thinking, well, how do we find that? Where, where are they? Where are the words? God, show me a sign. You know something? And it's so fundamental and so, so amazing, but I'm amazed at how many believers just don't uh, activate their life according to this. Because every word that God has ever spoken has, for us has been, has been put together. We, we call this the Bible, the living word of God. But if we were able to, to start to dig ourselves a, 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 a platform, a, a foundation that is based upon this, a lot of our questions, a lot of our thinking, a lot of our, our desires will be recalibrated according to this. <clears throat> So the only thing <clears throat> separating us from God in our decisions is not hearing the word and not believing. We don't only just have to know the word, we've got to believe that word. So living spiritually aware, I want to give you an example. I'm not going to speak for that long this morning and everyone go, yeah, sure. <laughs> but 1 Kings 18 verse 41. There's a story of the king, the prophet, and the drought. You would have heard this story probably preached lots and lots of times. But uh, I want to give you some background. We have a king and we have a prophet who is Elijah. The king is King Ahab. He's a bad king. Everyone say he's a bad king. He's a bad king. But you know what? God wants to do good things for bad people. That's why I'm here today. That's why you're here today. So we need to realize that God wants to do good things for bad people. Ahab was a bad king, but God was going to do something good for him. Oh, that blows me away. Because I think, God, you should only be good to nice people. But then I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't get any benefits from God. We need to realise that. Because we're really good at looking at the faults in everyone else, but don't see it in ourselves. Anyway, the king, Ahab, bad king. Then we have the prophet, Elijah, good prophet, one of the best prophets ever. I love, love reading the stories about Elijah, a very uh, significant character in the word of God and also into future prophecy for the world is Elijah. So here he is, Elijah is the prophet and then the drought, the physical conditions that were uh, uh, active at the time was year, three years of drought. Um, so Elijah, just before this, um, has a confrontation with uh, some Satanists. Who's heard that story? And he sets things straight there. So Elijah takes on the, uh, th this moment where he takes on these, these group of devil worshippers and it's like Elijah says to God, but I'm the only one left. Everyone else is, everyone else is, is worshipping the devil except for me. And, and they're all supposed to be 
you know, God's people, but they've, they've, they've got sidetracked somewhere and now they worship the devil. And, and they've, they've done the old switcheroo of good being evil and, and evil being good. So they're saying, we're right and you're wrong because we outnumber you. You know, it's, it's always interesting to be the person standing for God when you feel outnumbered. You can have that at school. You can have that where you work. You can have that sometimes even in your church. But we need to be a people of God who are knowing how to uh, discipline our lives according to God's plan and God's purpose. And sometimes we can actually be the, the agents that are actually helping people to stay down, stay fallen. But we need to be saying, God, deal with the issues in my life so that I can, I can enhance people's spiritual walk. I can make people's uh, faith stronger. And you know, we we got to touch some things today. Hopefully, that like like what Paul said, he said, if if me eating meat causes another person to stumble, because that was a big issue about where they sacrificed meat and they sacrificed it to idols, and so some people in the early church said, oh, I can't eat that because it's been sacrificed to an idol. And so Paul said, if it's going to cause someone's conscience to be hurt, then then I won't touch meat anymore. And saying we could, we could apply that to lots of different things. If I say anything, it'll offend somebody. So we don't want to offend people today. But you've got to think, well, what, what I portray to other people, is that going to help them to grow or is that going to get in the way of their spiritual life? We, need, we are responsible for each other. We are. And you might think, but this is okay for me. Oh, it doesn't, this doesn't have a hold on my life. But when someone's coming out of something that, 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 you, that you are um, maybe not aware of and you think, well, this is fine for me. I can have this and I do that. But, but that plunges them back to maybe beyond where they started on their walk with God. And then they may not ever recover. So we need to be aware of that. We need to make adjustments about how we live to help others. I don't know where all that came from, but anyway, it, was, it sounded good. Um, so the physical conditions, the drought, there's no rain, no water, no crops. That equals no food, no hamburgers, no falafel, no watermelon. So when, but when our reactions and decisions are dictated by our circumstances, given a scenario like that, how would we be? How would we respond to that? We, where if we suddenly put ourselves in this situation, it's like everybody has lost their income. There's no more income anymore for anyone. It's all gone. There's no money. There's no food. It's been like this for three years. Do you think when you're living in, in a circumstance like that, it's going to affect your lifestyle? It's going to affect the way you think. So when things get like that, our attitude gets affected. The way we think about everything gets affected. So, so when, when you're seeing these people, the, the, the whole nation, three years of drought, they're thinking, where's God? God's forgotten us. God's abandoned us. We, we don't, don't even know if there is a God. But, but we'll find an alternative that we're going to sacrifice to and worship. And that's where Elijah found himself confronting these forces. So 1 Kings 18 verse 41. Sorry went too far it says then elijah said to king ahab sorry is that one there no no oh, i must have left that one out sorry 1 kings 18 verse 41 hear, hear this then elijah said to ahab get something to eat and drink for i hear a mighty rainstorm coming now remember king ahab's a bad king he doesn't deserve god's help he actually does everything against 
Elijah. He wants to kill Elijah. His wife wants to kill Elijah. And Elijah's representing God and he says to this evil king, get something, uh, go and get something to eat and drink. For I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. Now Elijah being a man of God, he's a prophet. He's, he's a person who speaks out the future of what God wants to do. But he has a different perspective. He has a God perspective. He has a spiritual awareness about his life. So he's not just thinking, oh, there's a drought. He's throughout the drought. He's thirsty too. Throughout the drought, he's got to find a way to survive as well. But through all that time, he's also tuning himself in to the purpose and the plan of God. So we as believers need to be, uh, we need to be connecting ourselves with a spiritual awareness to the Holy Spirit, to the Word of God, to Jesus Christ himself, in a way that says, well, we, we're not, we're not going to limit ourselves by the conditions that surround us, by the economic um, modelling that comes out, by, by whether things are buoyant in the, in the economic world or in the um, physical world in that sort of a way. So Elijah, here's a few keys. He heard before he saw. That's a, that's, You've got you to let that sink into you right now. Elijah heard from God before he saw anything. And he spoke it out to the king. You know, sometimes we can be very spiritual and we can feel something in our heart, but we just keep it to ourselves. Could you imagine standing before the mayor or before the, 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 uh, the premier of our state or the prime minister and saying, well, this is... You know, I see the conditions, but I'm speaking the word of God into that. And we need to be able to develop that in our life so that we can encourage each other, we can encourage ourselves, and we can change the world. Elijah believed before he received, before anything happened. Elijah, he spoke from what he heard in the spirit, not the circumstances around him. He could have just been saying, oh, you know, King, it is, it's been pretty dry. I'm sorry I wasted all that water around that altar when I was uh, having a showdown with, the, with those devil worshippers uh, uh, and I wasted you know, all, the, all that water. I'm sorry. But he's, he's got a spiritual awareness that took him beyond the circumstances into something amazing. So he hears something in his spirit. And when, when it comes to our time in the Word of God, I'm a really good believer in, in reading your Bible and reading it as, as often as you can. And, and you've got to have the enlightenment of the Holy Spirit. We, we are called a Pentecostal church here. That means we believe in the, the baptism and fullness of the Holy Spirit and the outworking of God in our lives in that way. And, and we need to be baptised in the Holy Spirit because I don't know unless you are filled and baptised in the Holy Spirit whether you can get the full understanding and the full awareness of spiritual things in your life. You can get a d degree, a, a level, but it's not the fullness. God wants to pour into us the fullness of that. So we don't make dumb mistakes in our spiritual walk. You know, there's one thing to make a mistake financially, and that's bad. One thing to make a mistake and buy the wrong car, and that's bad. But there's something tragic when we make the wrong, when we make the, the, the mistake when it's spiritually, and we, we crash our future, we crash our potential, and we crash and we destroy the grace of God upon our life. See, Elijah is hearing something. He's hearing God's word in an impossible situation. It's that type of believing that God calls faith. It's faith that God is attracted to. So growing in the word is all about discovering truth. 
and finding more truth and, and growing spiritually and speaking that into our world. So you see, Elijah spoke, if you, if you read through the story in 1 Kings 18, it says he said, I go, says to King Ahab, go, because I hear the sound of a mighty rainstorm coming. But you know what? There wasn't even one cloud in the sky. Wasn't even, you know, there, there wasn't even a wind blowing. There was nothing, nothing to tip him off except for a spiritual awareness. And sometimes we need, we need to uh, uh, value the Word of God in our life and say, you know, uh, I see things and I, and I feel things, but I'm going to live in a new level where I'm, I'm stepping into a spiritual awareness that, that takes me beyond what I could ever understand or what I can see right now. It's easy to say, oh, it's going to rain because we see the ants all climbing everywhere. We say, we, we, it's going to rain because we see black clouds in the sky. But when there's nothing, there's no sign, when we start to prophesy things of God, it's not just what we make up because we think it's a nice idea. It's got to be something birthed because we have a spiritual awareness that is naturally spiritual. Thank you. We've got one person excited. I hope that each of us can adopt or develop this kind of attitude to speak what God is going to do. It's not just positive thinking. It's not just a positive confession. That, that is, the world in some cases has, has, has realised the power of that. And there is, there is something positive in that. But this, is, this goes beyond that. I'll use this real powerful word called transcends. That means it goes, goes on in spirituality terms. It goes beyond. It's this kind of attitude that, that speaks what God is going to do even when it looks like it could never happen. It's like if you're, if you're in, a, in a ministry and, and you've, you've, you've just been plugging away at it all by yourself and there's no one else who helps you and you're thinking, well, God, I don't know even why this is worth it, but it just seems like there's been three years of drought, but I just keep going and then there's no one here who I can talk to. There's no one here who seems to see the value in this, but you just keep going and you just keep going and then because what you're seeing is a spiritual awareness that says, but you know, if, if, if I don't do this, then, then when people start to come in, then you know, that job won't be done. It could be like cleaning the, you know, the, the windows or, or emptying the rubbish bins. But you think, but, but God, it doesn't seem like this really matters right now because no one else is around except for me. But then God will be saying, prepare yourself because what, what you're hearing is a sound of a, uh, of a rainstorm that's going to come. That represents, that represents people. It represents revival. It represents a move of the Holy Spirit uh, in and around us. We've got to prophesy into our own drought what the Word of God says. Prophesy into your own drought. I've got to ask, um, I've got to ask you, what are you hearing lately? So I want, I want church to be known as the people who hear the answer before it's seen. I want to be that kind of church. I want to be hearers of the, the rainstorm before they get here. Before the cloud was even in the sky, Elijah heard God was going to do something. And I want to tell you, if you don't hear that, then hear it from me. God is going to do something in Port Lincoln. God is going to do something in One Heart Church. God is going to do something on the Air Peninsula. And we need to, we need to start saying, God, I want to align my awareness with things that, in the Spirit so that I can be part of that, be activated into it. You know, you might be looking around thinking, well, I only see the drought. I only feel the pain. 
or only, only know the separation. But I tell you today, I hear the sound of a mighty rainstorm coming. I hear the sound of a mighty rainstorm coming. See, the Word of God is not a collection of stories and philosophies. It's a weapon and a resource. It's a life source. We need to start to understand that, start to put the weight of value on that. If I were to give you something valuable today and said, look, this is, you know, whether it's gold or jewels or precious things, and said, listen, I want to put this in your hand. It's yours to use. It means that you can have anything you want with this. Would you be interested today? Would you take that? And I want to tell you something. You can be anything that you want to be when you start to see the treasure that Jesus Christ has put into you and, and discover in His Word these, these truths. The Word of God is not a collection of stories and philosophies and just nice things, anecdotes for life. It's a weapon and a resource. It is a life source. Perhaps can we begin to open a new reality in our lives? The reality of spiritual awareness. The reality of knowing, God, you're doing something even though I can't see it. I want, I want to sort of bring a, an idea to you to create a pathway in each of our lives based upon what we are hearing from God, based upon His Word. Spiritual awareness is, is applied in getting a job. That we have spiritual awareness in dealing with when we're sick, when others are sick. Having a spiritual awareness, confronting conflict and bringing, bringing a spiritual awareness into the everyday things of life and knowing that, that, that God has has a, a, a way through that. God has a way beyond what we can just see. So we can find heaps of encouragement in the Word of God. It should be the where to before we go anywhere else. Before we go to someone, we should go to the Word first. And then maybe clarify that by talking to others. In Ecclesiastes 8.6, it says this, for there is a time and a way for everything, even when a person is in trouble. So I love that. There's a time and a place and a way for everything, even when a person is in trouble. So sometimes we, we, we're dealing with stuff and we think, but I'm in so much trouble. I don't even know how I got into this trouble. But God wants to say to you today, there's a time and a way for everything, even when you're in trouble. But we have to have a spiritual awareness that, that we don't make our trouble worse by not discovering what God's saying to get us through that. Psalm 119 verse 25 says, I lie in the dust, revive me by your word. You know, you have to be pretty, pretty in trouble to get that far. See, he's gone below the gutter. Now he's in the dirt. It doesn't get much worse than that. In verse 32, it says, I'll pursue your commands for you expand my understanding. It's like having a spiritual awareness in our everyday. So today we need to ask God into expanding our understanding. And perhaps you're calling out to God right now for a for a word, for something, seeking uh, clarity or direction or something like that. God isn't into leading us into confusion. 
or into not knowing, but into clarity, into, into clear thinking. Sometimes life can be like a roller coaster or a yo-yo, and it seems that it's time for us to grow into a spiritual awareness that God wants to straighten out the trajectory. It's not up and down anymore, but it's, it's smoothed out. It's a gradual incline, not an up and down. And I, I know that God wants to bring people and allow people to enter into a new experience with Jesus in a spiritual awareness of who he is and why he came for you. So why don't we just stand to our feet this morning and I'd love to pray with you today for a new awakening. You know, perhaps you're here this morning, you're thinking, you know, something just made sense today. Something just spoke into my spirit. And maybe you've just gone through life thinking, well, I go to church, I, 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 my family goes to church and I've got other, my friends are at church and so I've just been going along. And it's too easy just to settle. Just to settle at a place where everything's comfortable, everything's just dandy, everything's just nice. But you know what? God wants to take us into a place where we don't settle, but we conquer. That we, we're not satisfied with just how it's always been. Because we don't change the world like that. We want it, God wants to have a church that is victorious, that is powerful, that is purposeful, that will make a difference in these days. So right now, if you feel that you, perhaps specifically, you need to, an expanding. You need an expanding in your spiritual. You're saying, God, help me to see. I do, you know, you have a desire in your heart. Lord, maybe you haven't so far, but you want to go closer to God. You want to have that spiritual awareness about life. The Bible says, if you ask God, He is well able and He'll give you what you ask, especially when you ask for the Holy Spirit. Why don't you just raise a hand if that's you here today, right where you are. Stay where you are. Just raise your hand and say, I need that. There's hands going up everywhere here today. Let me pray for you this morning. Just keep your hand up while I pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray for every hand here today. Lord, I thank you that you have a, you have a destiny and a purpose that can only be achieved by these, by these people here today. I can't do it for them. No one else can do it for them. But Lord, you've selected them for this day, for this hour. Lord, I pray that in their lives they may experience a new level of awareness of your truth, a new, a new level of your power, of your love, that they may walk into a new experience spiritually, Lord God, where they no longer just view life through, the, through what they see in a drought or through life, see life through the, the problems that surround. But may they truly be aware of your hand guiding them and walking with them. And Lord, I pray especially for those people who um, face life decisions today where they're saying, well, you know, how am I going to weigh this up? Well, the, 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 the do's or the don'ts or the, the, the positives and the negatives. But Lord, I pray they'll go beyond that level of existing and go to that place where they say, God, what do you want me to do? And Lord, I pray that you'll speak through your word into their situation. I pray that they'll turn to, their, to the Bible every day and start to discipline their lives in hearing from you each day and adjusting their step each day according to what they understand in your Bible, Lord God, in your word to us. And Lord, I just pray there may be uh, complete clarity, complete uh, purposeness coming into our lives from this day. I just know today as I was as I was thinking about this morning, that God was saying over people today that you're going to know and you're going to mark in your, in your calendar or in your diary that something changed 
in your spirit today. God just wants to confirm that to your life today. So note it down, write it somewhere. Don't forget it. Say, this was a day my life changed. This was a day where I went from, from not knowing to knowing. This is a day that I went from not believing to believing. And God says that he wants to take you by the hand. He wants to carry you and walk with you and be with you because he loves you and he wants to be part of your future. Lord, we just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning.